Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Talk Your Polly Off. Howdy. I'm Bella. I got to go first that time. You did. Good job. Your turn. I'm not Bella. <laughs> and on my lap is the Loki Doki. The Loki Doki. Hey, I don't know. I don't know if we talk about Loki a lot. He's your wiener. Well, yeah. Yeah. A wiener that's had back surgery. He's an old wiener. Yeah. Eleven? Yipper. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he behaves for this recording. He usually doesn't. There's a bunch of outtakes you guys will never hear where he scratches at the door or he's messing around or you just don't stop barking. And he has definitely caused me a lot of editing issues. It's a good time. I am Monsada. <laughs> and I have some... Dry throat today. Some throat tickles. Throat tickles. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a throat tickle. So, uh, what's been going on? I mean, we've had a couple, like, little mini episodes. Well, everything's just piling up, right? <laughs> we're, we're on track to do awesomeness, and then life's like, no, bitch, you gotta do this now. <laughs> Sit back down. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're actually doing good, though. I mean, we're, we're managing a lot of things, but we're taking care of it, like... The biggest thing that we've got going on right now is, as some of our listeners know, we're going to be moving. And that's coming right on up on us. Yeah, so when people are listening to this, we will have gotten our keys to the new house yesterday. Yes, today. And through all of this, the last week or two, I've been boxing up stuff. I have a lot of shit. <laughs> he likes to collect oddities. Oh, Loki's sneezing. See, there's more Loki noises. Yeah, it's a good time. Monsuda likes to collect oddities and comic books. And Whatever I can get my damn hands on. He just likes to collect things, <laughs> toys. He's got like unopened boxed collectible toys and action figures. Um, old Playboy magazines. He's got all kinds of stuff. If so... At one point, it seemed like it had collectability. The young me was like, I need to hold on to this. And now the old me is like, you foolish child. <laughs> We're like, I collect spoons from places I visited. And um, every now and then I'll collect bells, like little stuffed tiny animals. bells. Okay, the stuffed animals are kind of your fault, though. <laughs> I purposely collect the spoons, which are tiny and I can hold in like two hands. Right. Your collections take up like five bedrooms. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I'm trying to, I'm thinking that I just need to start getting rid of things, but that sentimental attachment or that pseudo sentimental attachment yeah. makes it difficult. Yeah. And I don't want you to get rid of things. We just got to find a better way I'm to I'm tired of moving them. some of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like legitimately in the yeah. last, I don't, I haven't moved much as an adult because as a child, we moved all the fucking time like <laughs> once a year and or twice a year and it was it was just so difficult like i couldn't make friends i couldn't stay in the same school 
it affected my self-confidence like it, it did all those things psychologically to a right. person and then and now i don't have attachments to people's or places or whatever like you you normally do mm-hmm. maybe so my attachments was what can i bring with me i'm gonna start collecting comics there's a backstory to that from when i was shot uh you know but whatever the collection is Oh, I need to start collecting this. Or this is really neat. There was one time. <laughs> this one time at band camp? Kind of. So, you know Avon? Mm-hmm. Like used... the makeup company? Yeah. Okay. They used to make these cologne and perfume bottles mm-hmm. that were glass. And they were shaped like certain things. Oh, funny. Like a fancy car from 1931. Or a rook piece in chess. Mm-hmm. Like, And <laughs> I don't know. Like... Maybe one of my grandparents had some of these. And so there for a very short time, I was collecting these because I do yard sales a lot. Yeah. I love yard sailing. And whenever I saw one of those stupid glass bottles, I'm like, I'm, that's mine. I'll buy that dumb shit. And I'll set it on a shelf never to touch it again right. unless I'm cleaning it of all the dust. <laughs> so long story short there, we're packing. Yeah. I think that was long story long. Long well, yeah. story long. <laughs> All the details of all the things you don't care about. Right. (laughs) But yes, we're packing. We technically will get our keys on Sunday, which is yesterday. We technically got our keys on Sunday. (laughs) And so now, this week, what? We're going to be slowly moving things over until we have a weekend again. And we can get a U-Haul and do all the big furniture. Unless I take a day off. True. I'm still thinking, because I've got a lot of time built up. Yeah. I was thinking, because I work. I'm a workhorse. I'm stupid about it. Right. We don't make money at this podcast, so <laughs> we still no, have we jobs. We actually spend money to make this That's podcast. true. That's yeah. true. We're in the hole. <laughs> it's a nice hole. Though. We're it's digging it. Yeah, yeah, we like it. It feels good, man. <laughs> so I was actually, I have a lot of time built up. I might actually take the day off. But what I do want to get the U-Haul, and I do want to put a bunch of furniture in and get it over there so that if nothing else, we have the furniture already in place, and the boxes can just filter through as the week or two weeks go on. Yeah. So, that's happening right now. And that's and that was more detail than any of you <laughs> wanted to know. I know. I, you know, I bet you, I bet you we've got one or two people out there. Who want to know what's happening in our lives beyond just poly talk? Well, let me start out then by saying I woke up, I went to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see what else is going oh, Tonight, I just got home from, before recording, I go to weekly Weight Watchers workshop meetings. Yeah. How was that? It was okay. I mean, the last couple weeks I've had a lot of dental stuff going on, so I was kind of on a solid food boycott. So, I mean, that worked out really well for the weight loss, (laughs) but that means this week when I weighed back in, I gained a little bit of it back. Not all of it, just a little bit, but I was also expecting it. I knew it was going to happen. Oh, okay. So it's all good. I like my, they call them workshops now, not meetings, because Weight Watchers updates every year. Well, and I think that feels more proactive, too. A workshop? Like, if it's a meeting, you're thinking it's like AA, and you're right. going to go in there and be, Hi, I'm Joshua, <laughs> I'm overweight, and I ate five bags of Doritos before I got here. I like, like cheese. Right. <laughs> now, now, a workshop is is 
in my mind, more proactive. It builds off. Hey, we're going to talk about this thing, and here's some things we can do, and these are some exercises. Go. Yeah. Be awesome. And each week has, like, a topic, and they're really big on mindset these days, which is perfect for all of, like, our personal development type stuff. This week, we were talking about reconnecting with your why. Why do you want to lose weight and get healthy? What is your why? And I think for me, because I don't have kids, so a lot of people are like, I want to get healthy for my kids, you know? I want to play with my kids and chase them around the playground. Right. Yeah, fuck those kids. You I don't have kids. You can chase other kids around the playground. I could chase... <laughs> <laughs> Considering we were listening to my favorite murder all day, and I'm just like, yeah, come here, children! <laughs> Creepy. Um, no, but I could chase your grandchildren around... You can still be creepy doing that if you want. (laughs) This is a weird episode. Just roll with it. It's fine. Um, No. (laughs) My weight loss why is so I can adventure and live the life that I always wanted to. That I thought I would. You know? That I'm not in fear of can't go on that hike because my big butt's not going to fit through the tunnel. Or can't go on that roller coaster because I'm not going to be able to pull down the safety thing. Right. So I just want to be able to adventure and live freely without fear. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm focused on right now. Yeah, I'm focused on putting my stuff in boxes. (laughs) That sounds so dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. I'm delirious. Yeah, I hadn't noticed. A little bit. It's okay. I do want to touch back on, since we've had some funny little episodes the last couple weeks. I'll touch your back. Touch my back. It's been itchy. I have my little back scratcher on my nightstand. Oh, I was talking about your butt. My booty? No, my back. It's because I can't put lotion on and the weather's changing and my, my skin's dry and I can't I can't do it myself. I'll rub you up. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> I have a happy poly moment that I really wanted to share with everybody and I don't think I've gotten the chance to yet. Okay. So, during our camping trip a few weeks ago, it was a poly camping trip. Oh, good times. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, we weren't totally sober, but it was a good time. I really pushed myself to kind of expand on my physical connection comfort level. Um, It's not even like in a sexual way. Just, I don't like people in my bubble in general. Right. You know, lots of times friends are like, oh, kiss, kiss, or... I'm going to, like, cuddle with you and whatever. Like, I don't... Get the fuck out of my space. I don't want people in my bubble. Which is funny because you're a hugger. I am. I'll totally hug. But I have... I'm really good at asking people, like, when we host meetups and stuff. Are you a hugger? And I open my arms and wait and see if they're like, yes or no. Or they want to shake hands or what they want to do. So I've gotten really good at that. But in general, I'm totally a hugger. You can come hug me at any time. It's when, like... There's more than the hugging. Or the hugs last a little too long and it gets awkward. I like long, awkward hugs. (laughs) And then I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'll just sit here being all, like, frozen. (laughs) (laughs) So during the camping trip, I really pushed myself to try a little bit harder to connect. And and I did good. And I was proud. And it felt nice. Yeah, you did. You made out with, like, 98 people. I did. I mean, I wasn't sober. But it was totally... (laughs) My choice, and I walked around the fire pit and, like, made out with people. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you had that good poly moment. I enjoyed watching it. I bet. I bet you did. I did. Good. I'm glad I could help you with that. (laughs) Do you have any other things to share? 
Oh, you know, I'm trying to think about it, but honestly, I've been so focused on, you know, the, the immediate needs of, of moving forward figuratively and literally. Yeah. So, so my focus has mostly been just with packing. Now, I will say, though, that we have some pretty awesome fans. Yeah. I guess I'd say listeners, because I, I don't know if I want to use the word fans. But we have some awesome listeners, and I've had a couple of good conversations here and there with some of them. Yeah. So it's it's been... They're part of our cool polyam fam. They are our polyam fam. Yeah. And I, I enjoy... polyam fam. I've been enjoying having conversations, I guess, with people. Good. It doesn't... I mean, like, it could happen more, but I'm always busy, so I don't often look at my phone. And that's something, I'm kind of a busy body in general, and when I have good conversations with people, and then I have to do my busy stuff. Yeah. In in the past, I've had people feel like I'm snubbing them or putting them off. Like you just disappeared and ghosted or something? Right. Like, I go a day or eight hours without saying hi or something, and they're like, hey, why aren't you paying attention to me? Well, because I got shit to do. Right, right. But some of the people I've been talking to, they're they're cool with it, and they know that I'm just, I'm just trying to get some stuff done. We're trying to get settled, <laughs> trying to breathe a little bit. We're not even going out. We don't even have date nights right now. Like the only thing that we've got really coming up is our housewarming party. Yes, housewarming it's Halloween be a haunted housewarming party. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I think that's about Ooh, it. and the new house has that giant front yard on a corner lot. Uh-huh. And so in the next couple of years, you were saying you want to do like a haunted house type thing. Oh, yeah. Well, it is spooky season. It is. And I absolutely adore decorating and setting up like little haunted mazes for the trick-or-treaters. Yeah. And I may have talked about this in the past or not. But I will turn a very small yard into a very epic <laughs> trick-or-treat maze. Yeah. And in the past, I we can't do that this year, but in the past, if the kids made it through the entire maze, they'd get a full-size candy bar. But if they didn't make it through the entire <laughs> maze, like if they had to walk back out yeah. and they were afraid to go in, we still had the fun-size ones. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you tried, or, or at least thanks yeah, for good looking. Good job. You know? So we make sure that everyone's get something but the the kids that would confront the the fears yeah and brave the treachery for that <laughs> snack they're getting a full size they're, right. they're getting rewarded like <laughs> good job dude because like some adults some of these things that i put up even the parents are like no you go ahead we'll stand <laughs> out here it's like that's great survival technique mom and dad you're go ahead kiddo send them out to the lions because you don't want to get bit that's cool yeah well and this house has this huge front and side yard that you'll be able to do something with yeah it's a good time i'm excited It'll so i mean what are we here to even talk about today being terrible hosts <laughs> Internal monologue. Actually. Internal monologue. You know, that voice in your head that tells you all the things that you believe. Jiminy Cricket? If Jiminy Cricket was a dick. <laughs> I just pictured a penis in my head. Well, in all fairness, I think in the cartoon he kind of looked like one. I think he was a grasshopper. He was a cricket. A cricket. Oh, Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> I 
that's staying in the podcast right literally <laughs> just clicked in my head <laughs> i said i was tired i can't help it you know like that one time you made the fucking intense joke Sex in the campgrounds. Sex in the campgrounds. Hey, did you hear about that orgy in the campgrounds last week? No, what orgy? Why? How did I miss it? It was fucking intense. <laughs> and the first time he told me that, I was like, "It was intense. How did I miss this orgy?" She actually got kind of upset <laughs> that I knew about this campground orgy without her. <laughs> it's a joke, but it took her like three miles and five. And, you know, we were driving. We were driving. It took yeah. her like three miles to be like, wait. Uh, fucking intense because it's camping. Oh my God, it was pretty good. <laughs> oh no, my screensaver kicked on. That's okay. So while you're doing that, yeah, I'm going to talk about internal monologue. And what is internal monologue? Well, according to Wikipedia, an internal monologue, also called self-talk or inner speech, is a person's inner voice which provides a running verbal monologue of thoughts while they are conscious. It is usually tied to a person's sense of self. In other words, it's part of what makes us human and gives us the ability to reason. It can also affect our mood, self-confidence, and self-esteem. Like you said, it's Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket. And then if your internal monologue ain't so great, it's if Jiminy Cricket was a dick. Right. It's like the the devil and the angel Jiminy's. Kind of. Because, like, if you think about them, it's more where the angel's like, no, be a good person. And, and the little devil's like, nah, fuck that. Do that thing. <laughs> It'll be like, fun. Like, tell your friend to hold your beer because you're going to do something hold awesome. Hold the beer! Now, internal monologue can do a lot of things. It could really boost on your confidence and make you feel great and give you the courage to ask that person out or excel at your job and, and seek that raise. Or still feel okay after rejection. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. However, where it's most often discussed and how many, many people feel it, way too many, oftentimes internal monologue comes in the form of berating yourself or down talking yourself or reminding you that you're not worth it or you're not smart or you're not pretty or you're not good enough it's the damaging self-talk that you judge yourself and you tell yourself because you don't feel good about yourself yeah and it's when this happens that it becomes tough for you to be able to function well in your relationships or in social activities or even just in your life. Yeah, I mean, if you're sitting there in your head, your brain is constantly telling you you're not good enough or you can't get that job or you'll never get this done on time or all those negative things, that really messes with a person. It really does. And it's it's no good. And it especially sucks when the person who has these conversations internally Mm -hmm. also suffers from you know mental illnesses depression and anxiety ptsd because then it's not just negative self-talk that you have to train yourself to get out of but it is really devastating and it tears a person down and it makes any kind of treatment so difficult to handle yeah Speaking of anxiety, there was an article that I was reading on Uh healthline.com, 
And they said that research suggests that people with positive self-talk may have mental skills that allow them to solve problems, think differently, and be more efficient at coping with hardships and challenges. Basically, it can help reduce the harmful effects of stress and anxiety. Oh, cool. So if, if a person is suffering from mental illness, while negative self-talk can absolutely spiral them if they can get in a good habit and practice of the positive Uh self-talk and changing that internal monologue it'll help reduce and manage that anxiety right and a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy cbt actually encourages and promotes positive self-talk and a cousin to that is dbt dialectic behavioral therapy yeah both techniques really ramp up the ability to encourage positive thinking in the person practicing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, they're good life skills to have. You know, so, okay, how about this? Why don't I ask you... Uh-oh. On the spot. What is some negative self-talk that you often have? What are some of your destructive dialogues? Hmm. I think a lot of mine, oh man, so a lot of mine come from my weight being at the heaviest I've ever been in my whole life. So a lot of it is, um, you'll never lose the weight. Um, you know, you're fat and gross. Nobody will date you. Uh, or even on the, you know, poly and relationship side, I get a lot of like imposter syndrome talk, like, why why would she want to date you you appear to be in a heteronormative relationship that beautiful queer you know non-binary person isn't going to want to date date me you know things like that right what about you you're talking about all this like you're having negative self-talk with your weight and stuff and i keep looking in the mirror at your exposed oh no And I'm like, yeah, how you doing? Oh, no. That's... Oh, yeah. No. No, no. See, and there it is, right there. That, no. That's not not negative self-talk. That's, like, out loud talk. Right. But you were telling yourself, no. I look at you in that mirror, and I'm like, hey, baby. Yeah, and I look at my leg, and I see the, like, cellulite instead of the muscle that once was. No. (laughs) See, okay, so how would you combat, like... The weight negative self. Okay, in this particular, like I, I logically mm-hmm. know what I, how to change that thought, right? But this process takes a lot of practice. Okay. If we want to make a habit out of it, we have to do it over and over again. Yes. So in this situation, like I'm looking at my butt and my thigh over there in that mirror, and I'm like, man, look at all those cellulite dimples, and like, God, that is just not attractive. What I should say when I catch myself saying that is, you know, my legs are strong. My legs carry a lot of weight on a day-to-day basis. They're stronger than most people's legs. Right. Instead of focusing on the negative, finding the positive. Well, you're shapely. Look at that shape. I like that shape. I am curvy. And you got a fantastic butt. I do have a butt that's different for everybody's. But aside from physical attributes, 
what about the imposter syndrome stuff? The, you're yeah. Feeling a negative there, which was where I was going next. Oh, were you? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're worried about seeming too heteronormative mm-hmm. or too monogamous looking or whatever it is that you're you're thinking, mm-hmm. how do you change that? I mean, what are some examples that you could give that would, that of would a, of the show positive that you're, spin? Show that you're working on that to to a more positive direction. Yeah. Well, I mean, one that uh, I will quote my my the love of my life favorite mentor in the whole wide world miss rachel hollis uh-huh. in her words other people's opinions are none of my business mm-hmm. so i don't need to worry what joe schmo thinks or susie sunshine thinks it doesn't matter if they have this opinion of my appearance you know oh she looks like she's monogamous in a heterosexual relationship mm-hmm. Because they don't matter. If it's somebody who really wants to get to know me, they'll know otherwise, you know? Okay. So I I have to tell myself that I'm living my best life to the best of my ability. Yeah. I'm happy in what I'm doing, and people who really care will get to know me. Now, if I may, I'd like to add clarification to what you just said. Sure. Because I think what you did was provided a really fantastic point that, if not clarified, could be misconstrued. Okay. So you said their opinion doesn't matter. Yeah. Now, you're not saying, in a judgmental standpoint, they're worthless. What you're saying is, you are living your life, and they are welcome to their opinion, and you don't need to change that, because it doesn't change their opinion doesn't change what your life looks like right they're still welcome to their opinion it's just none of my business i don't need to worry about their opinion oh that's what you actually said none of my business not that their opinion someone else's opinion is none of my business okay yeah yeah i really like that yeah me too they can have it everybody has their opinion i just don't need to worry on it think about it stress about it i don't even need to know it I get that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, what have you experienced in the world of negative self-talk? Everything. All the things? I, as I've stated probably too many times, that was some self-talk there. <laughs> I've come from, you know, a bad broken home. I was raised in an environment of negativity and worthlessness, right? Mm-hmm. Us kids didn't matter because mom was trying too hard for these things or those things, and and we weren't with dad because he had alcohol and uh, chemical dependency issues mm-hmm. and would beat on us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if my own father is going to be able to say, you're a worthless little piece of shit, well, who am I to argue with my dad, yeah. right? And as I got older and my self-confidence was put in its own place by my parentals, I started developing my negative self-talk at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, I, I have I've read some studies and I have a belief system that most of your outlook in life and most of all of your perception of the universe and all that is crystallized hardest all the way through adolescence. 
So by the time you become an adult, you've already hit your most impressionable stages and you're now you're, you know, growing your colder, harder <laughs> shell, you know, my cold, hard heart. Yeah. No one's allowed in. And then and then by the time I started turning that around, you know, at 13 years old, realizing that I'm making good friends and things are going great. Then I get shot. Yeah. And through all of that, now I'm a sideshow freak. And now I'm here for the visual entertainment of anyone that happens to be in the public that I'm at. And oftentimes with sideshow freaks, there's, oh my God, look at that. Oh, don't stare too long. Oh, what happened? Right? And and it's and it's always put in a light, or not always, but most often put in a light of... You're a disgusting freak. Right. So then through my adolescence, that was reinforcing all of the stuff I had when I was a child. So then I hit adulthood. I'm trying again. And I'm I'm not a quitter, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying again, and I'm trying to rebuild, and I'm trying to recognize kind of what you said, but I didn't have words for it, that their opinions are none of my business. Right. And then I get involved in a relationship, and... And I get married. And then, like, you know, long story short, even through adulthood, early on, every time I was trying to do good, I'd get my knees knocked out from under me. So when stresses would happen through adult life, it was easy for my internal dialogue to turn around and say, you're worthless. You're never going to be successful. You won't amount to anything. You're a shitty person. No one actually likes you. Like, these are things that go through my head, right? And even still. Oh, yeah. So, the last couple of years have been rough, right? I had easily a decade and a half, two decades, where things were great. And I had fantastic confidence. I was feeling on top of the world. I had a great job. I finished college. I'm doing great. Everything's awesome. In the last two or three years... It kind of all came apart because there were so many life changes that happened for me that anytime there's a life change, it changes your stabilization and, and your the base of your survival pyramid. Right, like your foundation. Right. So when one change happens, there's a lot of questioning. When seven or eight changes happen all at once, then it just feels like chaos and it feels like you're under attack and it feels like... People are dropping bombs on your head, right? Mm -hmm. And as I go through that, then I start feeling like, you know, I'm not a good partner and, and I, I'm not a good father and I'm not a good employee. And, and those are very generalized. Sometimes it gets pretty specific. So with all of that going on, how has that affected your poly relationships? When you're stuck in negative negative self-talk, you know, the whole monologue is in that negative spiral. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it has pretty much destroyed a lot of them, <laughs> honestly. I mean, that was just the next bullet point on my notes here. Yeah. No, okay, but it's it's legitimate, though, because I've develop some great relationships and I generally don't try to build on a new relationship if I don't feel 
that I'm emotionally and spiritually in a place where I can provide as well as receive. Yeah. And there for a bit, I thought I was getting better. So then I was ready to open up. And that's when I met you, Mm -hmm. actually. So I was feeling like, okay, things things are leveling out. And I'm ready to start dating. I think I've got my shit under control. And then I start dating you. And things are going a little good for a while. And then I realize, oh, no, I don't have my shit under control. And it all kind of falls apart. To be fair, things were fantastic with us. Life things were falling apart. Right. In my own personal life. Right. Like buying a house and and changing jobs and that sort of thing. Yeah, just all all sorts of outside circumstances. And then those things fall apart and I took some time off from dating because that's I I don't feel like if I can fairly give as much as I receive, then I shouldn't be dating. Right. And that's just kind of a personal rule of mine. And then when I felt like I was ready again, I developed some good relationships. And sometimes, I know one relationship specifically, I allowed my self-talk to just sabotage the hell out of it. And and I regret it. It was good while it was there, and I ended it prematurely, basically, with my thoughts. And, and then another relationship happened, which was great. And as my life change stuff was getting harder and harder... I go straight into survival mode. I'm like, I need to focus on this. I need to get this handled so that I can provide better in a relationship, mm-hmm. emotionally at least. And as it was kind of starting to teeter and I was not confident with this or or feeling envy or jealousy or, you know, um, feeling like I wasn't good enough, mm-hmm. then that, that self-talk would happen and... And I just tell myself that I'm not worth it as a partner. How many times have I told you, you know, you could probably do way better than me and... You should probably go now. Right. I, I Get understand out while, if you leave. Yeah, <laughs> and that's because in my head, I go through these things. Like, I'm not treating her right or I'm not taking her out on dates enough or I'm not, you know, I'm not providing enough emotional support. So I, I have negative self-talk a lot. And I've done a ton of work on that. Otherwise, I wouldn't feel like we could do podcasts like right. this. I've done a ton of work on a lot of this stuff. And the way that I speak to myself has changed drastically, even in the last year alone. Yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of growth in the last year. Our focus shifted a lot. Yeah. Well, the last two years at least. Yeah. But especially in the last year, like it was time for me to strap in and put in as much freaking work as I could. And I mean, every day is not perfect. I still have it. Right. It takes, it takes a lot of practice and no one's going to be perfect. Right. But I've done a whole sight of difference in my behavior, the way I talk to myself. I don't personalize stuff as much and like all sorts of things. So it's, it's really done well. Good. Good. I mean, I know, Gosh, in my relationships, I think it affects me most in, um, I'm not like a good enough lover sense, right? For me, a lot of my self-confidence is wrapped up in my weight 
and I'm not flexible enough or I can't do this and we can't be adventurous and try that or I'm not as sexy as I was when we first got together or that sort of self-talk. Which is false. In general, I'm a positive person, so I don't experience too much negative self-talk. I'm typically... I'm the shiny, happy one that mm-hmm. tends to bring people up. I can find the positive in anything. Sure, I still have down days, but even on my down days, it's not quite as down as most people. Mm-hmm. Where I do get stuck in the negative spiral is all, typically about the physical appearance. Mm-hmm. So that's where it affects my relationships most, I think. Yeah. I don't want to have sexy time because I don't feel sexy. And I don't, I don't think I'm you know, what you deserve or, you know, things like that. <laughs> so you're, I'm not laughing at what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about this and I'm thinking there's one listener out there that just thought in their head, well, you don't feel sexy enough because he doesn't make you feel sexy. Oh no. <laughs> See more negative. Oh self-talk. no. Yeah. No, and he's, am- he's amazing. He touches me all the time and tells me all these beautiful things. It is absolutely not anything that he's doing. It's just in my head. Well, I appreciate the reassurance. That was a really a hypothetical person. It was just funny because we're having this discussion about <laughs> self-talk. So if I may, mm-hmm. uh, what we're talking about with internal dialogue, you can you can see extreme examples maybe, or if you thought about this in a bipolar sense, which is what, what you I, do, what I do. <laughs> Because I have bipolar, there are two effects that are in play. Mm-hmm. One is the Pygmalion effect, and one is the Gollum effect. Now, like my precious, yeah, kind of. Oh, okay, but no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so the Pygmalion effect is if you are encouraging positivity through cues and stuff or or just retraining you can build your positivity okay so is that like i think brendan bruchard does this is that like every time i walk through a door i say to myself you are strong and capable yeah so that's like that that cue every time you that happens you say this yeah okay yeah yeah so, and he does that. He has a saying. Every time he walks through a door, he says something. There's, oh, a, there's a specific saying he has. I walk through a lot of doors I know. Day. Imagine if that became a habit. I should try it. Yeah. So to get back to the Pygmalion effect, it's funny because I was reading about uh, this horse. Okay. So this guy, William Von Austin, Austin, mm-hmm. William Von Austin mm-hmm. had this horse. And he was like, my horse is smart. He's super smart. Totally smarter than all other horses. Okay. Right? Smartest horse ever. And that's, I mean, like, we all do that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, our kids are the smartest kids, or our kids are the best kids. And right. They're the greatest on the field, or, you know, like, everyone's the same but different, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But this guy had a horse that he thought was smart, and, and this is, like, at the end of the, in the late 19th century. Okay. And he's bragging about this horse, and he's like, my horse knows what you're saying and can do math. Like Mr. Ed. Like Mr. Ed without the words. Okay. So the horse's name was Clever Hans. And he was right. This horse was smart. Like they would they would ask it to count to seven. And it would clop its hoof. 
seven times and then stop. Huh. Like, it'd be like, um, clop once for yes and twice for no, right? Mm-hmm. And they'd ask it a question. And it wasn't even the guy, the William guy, that asked the question. Anyone could ask a horse a question. Right. Like, I could show up and be like, horse, is my hair brown? And it would clop once for right. yes. Crazy. And this went on for years. And everyone's like, I don't get it. This horse is fucking smart. Yeah. Right? But it was old timey. So it was like, boy, Jeff, I believe this horse is a very intelligent <laughs> horse. <laughs> old timey in England? Well, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know where it was. So basically what happened was they were teaching the horse positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Accidentally. By subtle cues hmm. right so if if they're like how many fingers am i holding up and they show seven mm-hmm. back to the number seven the horse would clop and then clop and then clop until it got to seven and they'd make a gesture that was like whoa he wow. did it and the horse knew oh i need to stop because they're making that gesture this is good so if nothing else the horse knew how to read people but it didn't know math. Right. Like, you couldn't add four and eight. No, like, so that means he's, he'd be a great poker player. Yeah. But the thing is, is they kept telling the horse he was great in yeah. some way or another. So this horse would perform because it felt good performing, right? Right. And and that's something, like, uh, Brennan mm-hmm. is doing by walking through doors. He's teaching himself how to perform well. Yeah. By positive reinforcement. And that's where your self-talk needs to go, right? Mm-hmm. That's what's going to get you to that point where you're like, I am a good person. And I didn't fail. I made a mistake. And I can learn from that mistake and those sorts of things. Right. I made a mistake and I'm going to be better because I made that mistake. Right. Now, the other side is the Gollum effect. Precious. Yes. No. And <laughs> that is the negative self-talk. Like... When you're looking in the mirror, I look like Gollum. <laughs> My hair is stringy, and I have nasty teeth that never get the brush. Yeah. And, you know, oh, look at the bags under the eyes. <laughs> the bags is his. Oh, right? no. And, it, and then that adversely affects how you manage things. Mm-hmm. And also goes toward, oh, maybe I shouldn't go ask that person out because that precious is ugly. Right, right. right. Uh, it wasn't named after Gollum from no, Lord of the Rings. But I, it's fun. But yeah. <laughs> so, so if you're thinking about these effects, basically, you could say, "Am I being Gollum, or am I being clever Hans the horse?" <laughs> That's cute. I don't know. Gollum or Hans? Gollum Just or Hans? Something I have done some reading about and thought I'd share because yeah, fun. that's really cute. Yeah. I feel like I'm taking up a lot of time. That's good. I'm providing a lot of examples we for negative self-talk yeah. in this episode. So this is really good. <laughs> we have a lot of takeaways for people, you know, and maybe one of them will stick. Maybe they like your Han story. You well, know? and it's like we said last week, we've done a lot of research on this one and we just haven't had the time to record it. Yeah. <laughs> so even even as we've gone through... I keep doing research because I'm like, this is actually really fascinating. And it's provided me a ton of insight on how to move forward. Yeah, there's so much information out there. I mean, really, 
use Google. <laughs> and of course, we'll put some links down in the show notes. So check those out too. Yes. As you're getting ready to give us a five star rating and review our Yes, podcast. we, to touch on that. So <laughs> the ratings and reviews on iTunes specifically really help us out. Like I said, we're not making any money off of this. We're just, uh, you know, we'd love to. We'd love to make some money. We're just not that cool yet. And so, those, those of you who actually listen to us every week, you can tell we don't have ads. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have ads. We don't have a Patreon to plug yet. You know, Which is where we were going before the whole move. Yes, we are getting there. Um, however, please rate us and review us on iTunes and share our stuff with your friends if you like it. It's the only way that the educational information is going to get out is if you guys are sharing it. Right. So please help us out. Now on the other foot, if it's actually 2023 now <laughs> and you're just finding this podcast and you went all the way back listening from episode one up and you're hearing us say, well, we don't have ads. And you're like, no, I heard ads. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. That's because in the future we will get better advertising <laughs> And we'll go implant them into history. Maybe we make something of ourselves and we can quit our jobs and do this full time and do live shows and all the things. I'd love to do a live show. That'd I be would too. It would be so much fun. And then we could have meetups with these people and we could meet all of our favorite polyam fan peeps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, back on track. Yeah. Do your thing. So I do have this fairly long, hopefully it's not too long, takeaway here, right? So we talk a lot about what negative self-talk is and what positive self-talk is. And basically when you're managing that inner critic, here's a tip from psychology today. Practice a more constructive inner voice with creative and positive tones. Address oneself in the third person. So use your name instead of I during a moment of inner monologue. This helps create distance from the self. So instead of... Uh, in, what? Are we trying to turn all of our listeners into super villains? <laughs> what, the third person? The third person? Bella. Monsuda <laughs> likes this very much. I mean, it would, it would be kind of fun. Yeah, I encourage I everybody mean, to become a supervillain. Email us your supervillain tagline. <laughs> oh, and some pictures. Yes. We want to see cosplay it or draw it. All the things. And give us a monologue. Tell us all the things. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, so, I mean, basically, <laughs> where do you start when you want to practice changing your negative internal monologue? Um, a few different websites, all of which are linked in the show notes. Um, are kind of compiled here. So step one, you want to become aware of your negative internal monologue. You can't change it if you don't know what it is. So you have to identify the negative self-talk. And they all these websites recommend writing down some common or frequent negative comments you have. So just as an example, let's say the negative comment is, I've never done this before and I'm going to be bad at it. Or, how ridiculous, I can't teach myself to think more positively. So when you've got your list of all these negative comments, you want to ask yourself questions about each of those comments. And I'm not going to go over this full list, but you want to ask questions like, am I overreacting and is it really that big of a deal? Or am I overgeneralizing it? Or, like, am I labeling myself harshly? You want to question your thoughts. Don't just ride with them and assume they're fact. Wait, do a couple more because I feel like I'm winning. 
I'm getting 100% so far. This is good. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes, and... I do that. Yes, I do that. Uh-huh. Is this an all or nothing thought? <laughs> oh, man. So we talked about this a while back. We and did. we ran through a bunch of different um, ways that we have our dialogue mm-hmm. in another episode. We did. And this is actually hitting on some of the stuff that we said a few weeks back, which yeah. is really awesome. Or even taking that negative thought and asking yourself... How truthful and accurate is this thought? You know, step back and consider the accuracy of it. What what would a friend do? And then understand that while you're doing that, just understand that most negative self-talk, it'll generally fall into four categories. Personalizing where you blame yourself for everything. Magnifying where you focus on the negative aspects of the situation, ignoring all of the positive catastrophizing so you expect the worst and you rarely let logic or reason persuade you otherwise and finally polarizing you see the world in black or white good or bad there's nothing in between and no middle ground for processing and categorizing life events and any other listener that's bipolar understands that one (laughs) so fucking much so you've got your list of all these common negative things you say to yourself you understand they fall in these four categories and you've got you're questioning them right you're Mm -hmm. you're trying to understand them and you're like wait a minute this doesn't seem right so now look back on all that list and reword them in a believable kinder more positive light it doesn't have to be all the way from A to Z. You just want to get a little bit more positive. You want to be believable. And because I want to be the clever hands, <laughs> the polarizing and the bipolar thing. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest struggles I've had was trying to understand that there actually is a middle ground, a gray area, and trying to realize that and, and work with that. And it is colossally difficult. But a lot of this stuff that we're talking about helps make that easier to see right which also helps like for me actually handling bipolar it makes my management of it so much nicer and easier to deal with good so where let's see where were we um looking back at your thoughts list rewording them in a believable kinder more positive light so that first negative example we had i've done this before or i've never done this before and i'll be bad at it What's a positive spin you can put on it? Well, you could try, this is a wonderful opportunity for me to learn from others and grow. That's not saying like, this is going to be the best thing ever, even though I've never done it and I have no idea. You're just saying, well, this is a good opportunity to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a positive light without being totally 100% upbeat. Another one is, this will be a new experience. Right. Yeah. So the negative second example we had earlier was how ridiculous. I can't teach myself to think more positively. And to put a positive spin on that one, you could say something like, well, learning to think more positively can help me in many ways. I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. You know, again, it's it's really more neutral, not full-blown positive, but just kind of a positive light to it. Yeah. And I would tack on to that, mm-hmm. that it takes a lot of work. There are, especially when you're rewiring your thought process, you are not going to succeed every time. Mm -mm. Even the best baseball player 
hits three out of ten balls, right? Right. And that's colossal. That's like Babe Ruth level. <laughs> You're going to miss a lot. I'm so proud of you for having a sports ball reference. That was a good one, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to miss a lot, but you got to keep swinging, right? If you want to change, keep swinging, keep changing. Do the thing with Brennan Bouchard where you walk through a door and say something positive about yourself. And eventually it's going to become such a common or an ingrained thing that you're just going to do it naturally. You're always, always going to still have a chance of failing. Right. But your chances of success increase with all the practice that you have. It's the same as martial arts or school or anything. Right. The more you try, the more you learn, the more practice you get, the better you become. And it's not going to be a habit unless you practice it. Right. So you've got to put in the work to be a better you, to build for a better self. And one of the things I would say is on the self-talk part, because that's a really huge thing, is... The things that you tell yourself, is that something you'd tell a friend? Right. No. You want to treat yourself as kindly as you would treat a friend or a loved one or one of your partners. Because if you're feeling like you can encourage them, then why don't you accept the encouragement inside yourself as well? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I have a quote by Brad Pitt. Oh, I like Brad Pitt. I... And kind of a really big Brad Pitt fan. Like, he what was seems... the first thing you saw him in? The first thing that I remember that made an impression yeah. was the movie Seven. I love Seven. That was such a good movie. His his role in Twelve Monkeys, I lost it. That was so good. Do you want to know what my very first memory of Brad Pitt is? Huh. Brad Pitt was in Legends of the Fall, wasn't he? Oh, I saw he had that. that beautiful long hair. I think I snuck into a theater to go see that. Really? Yeah, because I I feel like it was like PG thirteen, and I was not. Oh no. I wanted it. it was I just remember Brad Pitt's long flowy hair. I think it was Legends of the Fall. Yeah, because it was he looked like the cover of a romance novel. Yeah, very movie. Fabio. Yeah. Yeah. But my memories of Brad Pitt in the beginning were Seven and then 12 Monkeys mm-hmm. and Fight Club. Mm-hmm. And I've actually read some interviews and stuff about him. I felt like my older brother looked a lot like him. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know. Have I Weird. met this brother yet? Not in person. No? How no. you doing? <laughs> but he is such a down-to-earth person and as far as celebrities go. Mm-hmm. He's actually pretty in tune with the world. And because, I don't know, it's weird how things happen, right? So we're researching this, and a couple weeks back, I run across an interview because he's got this new space movie coming out, oh. like Ad Astra or something like that. And so he's getting interviewed quite a bit mm-hmm. for it. He just got done with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with mm. Leonardo DiCaprio. I love Leo, it's a Quentin too. Tarantino movie. I really want to see it. Interesting. In one of these articles, mm-hmm. he says, Those dubious thoughts, the mind chatter, the rats in the skull, that's comedy. And he goes on to say, It's just ridiculous that we would beat ourselves up that way. It doesn't matter. I spent too much of life wrestling with those thoughts or being tethered to those thoughts or caged by those thoughts. Interesting. Like, this is a multi-millionaire. Like, yeah. This is 
many, many people's wet dreams. Like, and he still has those negative self-talk. Right. Yeah. So, and and he has worked really hard to not let them affect him. Mm-hmm. We could all do it. Oh, yeah. Just a little practice in time. So I, do, I love that quote. Do you have anything else? I do. I don't know how much longer we've got. We're going to run this episode long because you guys have been waiting so long for it. (laughs) Basically, my view of this is that we're going to have our own little wrap up here. Basically, what we're talking about, we're talking about all this internal monologue, whether it's the Pygmalion effect or the Gollum effect or just some other different thing you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Whether you're using CBT or DBT or NLP or whatever it is that you're (laughs) using. All the acronyms. Right? However it affects your life. The one thing to remember is we as humans, because we're sentient and and because we create things with our imagination, (laughs) we often suffer from what's called self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And again, going back to what I talked about when I was talking about Clever Hans and William Austin about... Well, my kid's the smartest kid, and and my partner's the prettiest partner, and, right. and all these things. Well, because it affects my life, I'm going to be more proud or more whatever. That also goes internally with your thoughts, right? So you have whatever the thought chains are, whether they're positive or negative or indifferent, you're going to create your own existence from that. And I know a lot of people say that's bullshit, that's fake psychology or whatever. It isn't, though. Right. From my experiences and the experiences of many others, basically, you are guiding. You're the driver behind your own car here. You're at the steering wheel, and it's no different than you saying, I want to turn left here, or I want to turn right mm-hmm. here. You are saying, I'm a good person. I'm trying my hardest. I didn't fail. I made a mistake. You're making the conscious or subconscious choice to turn left some people will say that there's no such thing as subconscious oh interesting we won't talk about that yeah. right now alternatively if you're saying i'm ugly and i'm worthless and i'm undateable you're choosing to turn right i mean whatever the direction right, is like right, I'm, right. I'm just throwing directions out there you everybody make your own directions out of this <laughs> but you are fulfilling the prophecy you're creating for yourself I'll never amount to anything is one thing Mm -hmm. that I was told and I believed as a child adamantly. Like, I will never amount to anything. And I believed that for a good amount of time. It took a lot of retraining and a lot of reprogramming for me to say, I don't want to drive down that road. Yeah. I'm going to choose to go down a different road. I am going to amount to something. I do amount to Mm -hmm. something. I have amounted to something. I don't always believe in that, but that's my choice. And in that driving, I have to be mindful. Do I want to take the long way to get my to my destination, or do I want to get there as quick as possible? If I'm taking the long way, I'm going to believe I am out to something, but not today. Today I'm a piece <laughs> of shit, right? Yeah. So often when you're driving your own car, be mindful of the directions you're going. Because you are creating your road trip or your your destination map or your self-fulfilling prophecy. I love our hand gestures. 
when we're talking. I get animated. No, not just you, but me too. I'm over here going like this while I'm talking. No one can see shit. And we're you're doing a driving symbol with your hands. It's yeah. pretty cute. Well, you know, obviously I'm driving an automatic because I didn't <laughs> I didn't shift. No shifting. Until just now. Yeah. So when you're when you're thinking about how to make your changes, you want to really think about your destination point. And it doesn't have to be the final destination. Think of it as a long summer trip where you're going to stop at multiple places and see different things. And you want to get to each destination. So I am pretty. I'm going to work hard to make myself understand that I am pretty. I am smart. I'm going to pick up a new language or I'm going to try to be better at the maths or whatever. I do amount to something. I'm going to try to make a difference in this world. I'm going to give like has been given to me and more, right? I am rich. I'm not now, obviously, but right. I'm getting there. Right. I totally have a thing that goes along with that. All right, I'm listening. Okay, so I want to go back to my super mentor that doesn't know I exist, right. Rachel Hollis. She does this thing called her Start Today journal. And in the journal, there's this whole, like, visioning, envisioning your future self, right? Yeah. So if you close your eyes, and there's way more detail to it, but if you close your eyes and you picture your ideal self in 10 years and who you want to be and where you want to be, like, what do you want to look like? What does your life look like? What does your job look like? What does your family look like? All these things, like all these details. And you close your eyes and you picture it. And then you open your eyes and you write down 10 dreams and if you accomplish these 10 dreams, you'll get that perfect life that you're envisioning, right? Okay. okay, so then if you take that instead of just personal development and vision boarding your life, take that same concept into just personal self-talk, mm -hmm. right? And you want to you wanna have really great self-esteem and confidence and stuff. What 10 things could you say to yourself that would give you like the perfect, most most positive self-talk and self-esteem, mm -hmm. you know, and then from that you take three circle, the top three that if you accomplished or if you got in the habit, let's say of saying these three positive things to yourself, the rest would kind of cascade waterfall into place. Yeah. Okay. So you've got your top three positive self-talk things, and then you take your top one to focus on right now as your goal. So whichever one is most important and will kind of lead into the next one that you're going to focus on now. So maybe that's going to be your doorway saying, right. right? We walk through a billion doors a day. And so right now, if I say, if I pick, you know, I am strong and beautiful and uh -huh. that is my number one to be the most most positive I can be and that's going to be what I focus on now right. and then when you do create the habit and that is second nature and you tell yourself that all the time move on to the next one well and it's cool because you you did buy this journal for you yep and you liked it so much you bought one for me I did I actually use mine at work and I've done it twice now because we're going to do it for the last 90 days of the year too right so we just gave away some of Rachel Hollis's secrets. Totally. But the thing is, is you can hear this and you can repeat it and you can do it yourself. I personally, and I, I don't follow Rachel and Dave as much as Bella does. I love them. But I would say that if you really want to get into 
making this a habit, everything Bella just said, that you check out the Hollis Co. and pick up one of these journals because that's the kind of practice that we're talking about. We're talking about practicing to improve your self-talk for a better personal life. And they've already got a jump start on this. And you could go hit their journal up anytime and get one, yeah? Yeah. So, I mean, she talks about it. She's got a personal development slash business development podcast called The Rise Podcast. You can listen to that. She talks about, there's a very specific episode number where she explains her whole process. Go go check it out. I, I couldn't tell you what it is. If you want to follow them on Instagram, they're at Ms. MS, Rachel Hollis. And at Mr. Dave Hollis. And again, they do morning shows every day of the work week where they're talking about their Start Today journal. So go find them on social media. They're fantastic. I can't recommend them enough. All about positivity. I feel like you're giving me a ton of work for the show notes down there. (laughs) And there's going to have to be a lot of links or I'm going to have to choose to let some of this stuff go. (laughs) It's okay. People can find them. They're all over. And ultimately why we're talking about all this positive self-talk on a poly podcast is really what we're trying to do is we're trying to be our better version of ourselves so that we can be better partners. Absolutely. And you know, this, this kind of self-talk will help you with jealousy. It'll help you with envy. Mm -hmm. It'll help you when you're feeling like you're not a good enough partner. It's one of those tools to just have in your toolkit for when the shit hits the fan, for when stuff gets hard in your relationships. Yeah. You've got, you've got tools to fall back on. And that's what all this is, is like you will tune in, you will listen. And sometimes you'll be like, well, there wasn't really much poly talk in there, but really, if you really, but if you really think about it, it's all poly talk because every partner has one common denominator and that's you so if you have one partner or seven partners Mm -hmm. and no matter what style you practice no matter what your poly looks like yeah yep this gives you the chance to be the better you so that you can be a better partner for each of your partners absolutely and it's especially important like oh man i could i could give so many examples Sometimes when you feel like you're not getting enough time with a partner, maybe they don't, you you are thinking they don't want to spend more time with you or whatever it is that you're struggling with, this helps that self-talk so that you can learn how to do you better so that you can do, do you them better. better. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. Yes. I do want to remind people again that please, if you do enjoy our show, leave us that five-star rating and review. Um, I don't know if other places have the ability. I know it has to be done on iTunes for them to like make us more available to people. But I don't know that Spotify and Stitcher and all the places do ratings and reviews yet. I don't know. I use Stitcher pretty regularly. Yeah. You keep talking and I'll look at Stitcher. All right. So, yeah. Do the do the thing. And then, I mean, if you want to share us with your friends, take a screenshot of your phone while you're listening to whichever episode and share that shit on Facebook, Instagram. I don't care. Get the word out. Tell your people. Um, it'll help people find us. We want to help break down the, the negative stigma and normalize consensual non-monogamy, and we need your help to spread the word. 
And of course, you can find us on all the things. Facebook.com forward slash ilovepoly.org. On Instagram, we're ilovepollycares. On Twitter, we're at ilovepolly. And we're always looking for your emails. So send us your happy Polly moments and we'll share them on the show. That email that you can reach us at is podcast at ilovepolly.org. Yeah, 100%. So, and then, what are we doing next week? Oh, you'd have to ask me that. Boundaries! Oh, perfect. (laughs) Next week, we will catch you for boundaries. So until we do get back with you to talk our poly off about boundaries next week. I like boundaries. That's a fun topic. Give out your heart. Give out your love. And live the best life you can. See you later, Pollyann fam. (laughs) Bye now. Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella and Monsada. You can find our Facebook page in the links or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepoly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam. Live like there's no tomorrow. Laugh until it hurts. And and love love without without limits. limits.